When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is the Friday morning good time edition of the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by that MGM. Coming up, we will check out the NBA and the college hardwood from last night. Make sure you are up to date with the very latest at 620. You know we're going to talk football along with our preview of Super Bowl 58 and a new head coach for the Washington Commanders at 640. We will look ahead to the Pro Bowl Skills Competition. Oh, Yes. Hell yes, I can't wait for the Pro Bowl skills competition. During the 7 o'clock hour, we preview a massive and record-setting weekend in college basketball along with tonight's NBA slate. Then we'll ask the question, why in the world does everyone hate Chiefs fans so much? I think we have an answer. That's coming up as well. And finally, during the 8 o'clock hour, more football, a chat with mid-major Matt talking college hoops, and then we will hand out our best bets on this Friday. Chelsea, I saw you hit the mute button and cough a little bit so no one would hear you, which means I have to check in. How are you feeling after a week pushing through this illness of yours? Let me tell you, I am more than ready for the weekend and Mm. more than ready to be sleeping in tomorrow morning. Because it's not even that I'm that sick during the day. It's just when you first wake up. We know sicknesses are always like the worst when you first wake up. So uh, it's been a tough week for me. So I am glad and I am proud of myself for pushing through. Uh, But we'll get through it. And it's a Friday. So good times ahead. Good times ahead is the right way to look at it because three hours from now actually which each passing minute chelsea it's less than three hours you're on your way to some much needed rest and i'll tell you one thing i hate to say this but maybe you're the reason why we had a perfect night last night flawless victory Oh, that's right. If Chelsea's sick and we keep winning, you might have to stay sick for a little bit longer. Chelsea, no one lost last night, not even the dogster. Tell us about your winner. Yeah, had Moorhead State minus three and a half at Tennessee State. Finally, a no sweat winner. Moorhead State won this one pretty comfortably 68 to 49. And I know people laugh at like my plays and say, oh, Moorhead State and TSU, what are you doing here? But I will say one thing. The people on TikTok love to say, oh, you're getting your plates from somebody else. You're copying somebody else's work. Do you know how many people are handicapping Moorhead State and TSU? Uh, Just me. So I feel like I can hang my hat at least on that. Well, you should feel very good about yourself. Let me tell the people something out there because no one hits up me on TikTok. Nobody cares about my thoughts. I always look at what other people are saying. Are you kidding me? When I come up with a pick, do you think I sit down 
with a sheet of notebook paper and a pencil. And I just go through numbers and numbers and numbers and I number crunch. No, I go and look at so many different opinions from so many different websites, from people on Twitter. I look at money moving and then I think, well, is there something that I've seen recently? So this idea that you're getting your picks from someone else, it's, it's one thing to say, I wonder what this person thinks. I want to read and learn about this person's opinion as opposed to, oh, I'm just being fed picks. Do you know what I mean? And so the idea that someone's just like handing you a sheet or sending you an email or a text like, oh, pick this is stupid. But the idea that no one's looking at information. And by the way, the information available to us is also available to you. There's this thing. It's brand new. It's called the internet. And it's really popular right now. So you can search and get a billion different opinions. The question is, once you gather that information, how are you going to process it and then come up with a pick? Because you know as well as I do that if you read enough, then you come up with contrarian opinions as well. I think this is a good topic of discussion because earlier in my career, I think it was difficult for me to balance what other people were picking and my own opinion. But I feel like you've kind of got to swallow your ego. If you think you're better than everybody else, like that wasn't the case for me, but using, you know, every single bit of information to your advantage is a good thing. Even yes. people in the highest positions at any, you know, Fortune 500 company you can think of, guess who they're hiring to be around them? Really smart people. Yes. So this is, you know, not something to say, okay, this person's looking around. Why would you not? And this is the same kind of strategy is looking at where the line is headed. This is one of, you know, the strategies that most handicappers use is using line movement to your advantage. So I know it seems weird when people say, oh, well, I look around and see what everybody else is picking. It's just part of the process. Yeah, I absolutely do, because I like to look at informed and educated opinions. And a lot of times I'll say, oh, that is a really good point. I didn't think about that. Or I did not know that stat. And then sometimes I say, you know what? I disagree with that assessment. That's just part of it. So, of course, that's part of it. Just this, this, this idea, I don't know anyone who just sits down. I'm sure there are some people who sit down and they don't look at anything at all. But I feel like that's more of the exception than the rule. I got a winner last night in the NBA. These NBA unders have been coming home. It's been weird. Cavaliers at Grizz under 218. I paid a little juice to get it from 217 and a hook to 218. Didn't matter. Cavaliers went 108-101. And then the Dongster with two wins. Portland Moneyline taking on Pacific. Portland wins 65. 60 and Drexel Monmouth under 180 or 138 and a hook and Monmouth wins 67 62 so 129 points there that means for the week Chelsea you are three and three I am four and two in the doctor the doctor needs to stay in his dark room he is seven and one it is the daily tip for Becky Bell presented by that MGM NBA last night in Boston I could not believe this score when I woke up this morning the Lakers stunned the Celtics, 114-105. The Lakers were getting 15 and a half points. They were plus 800. Total set at 238. The under hits. Why the huge spread? The Lakers played without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis, and they still find a way. Austin Reeves, a season-high 32 points, hits a career-high seven shots from long range. D'Angelo Russell, 16 points, 14 boards. What is going on with the Celtics? They get 23 points, 7 rebounds from Jason Tatum. 
But after starting the season 20-0 and at home, they have now lost three of five. They never got closer than seven points in the fourth quarter. Rough little patch for the Seas. I just can't believe the Lakers won this game. I know. I think this is more of an indictment on the Celtics than it is like an accomplishment for the Lakers. And maybe that's not fair to say. Just guys yeah. like Austin Reeves, who absolutely played an incredible game. Anytime you go 7 of 10 from the three-point line, that's a big deal. But it's also not something that's repeatable. But do you think this is a time to press the panic button? Like the Celtics are still 22 and 3 right. at home. You know, it's not like they're middling around 500. This is a team that's still really good at home. And I do think during a long NBA season, you're bound to have some games like this. I think the part that you're probably scratching your head at is the Celtics had 15 turnovers, could not take Mm -hmm. care of the ball last night. That is not something you would expect from a championship caliber team like the Celtics. That's something you expect from a young team. And I always feel like Jason Tatum is a young guy and he's not old. But he's been in the league quite some time. Like, at what point does he shed the label of, you know, well, he's he's young. No, like, he's been to the NBA Finals. He's played in the postseason a ton. So we'll see about the Celtics. It's one game. I'm not taking too much away from it, but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I think you make a good point about teams sort of getting tired. Like, the All-Star break is coming, and teams have been grinding out Mm -hmm. for a while. So I wouldn't panic. I think the Celtics were probably due for some sort of – some sort of regression here to the mean when you start off that hot, but certainly not the basketball they want to be playing. Let's go to Salt Lake City. Another great performance from the 76ers playing without Joel Embiid. They beat the Jazz 127-124. The Sixers were getting five and a half points. They were plus 160 on the money line. Your total at that MGM, 241. The over hits. Tyrese Maxey doing the heavy lifting last night. A career high. 51 points. Tobias Harris, 28 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Lori Markinen goes for 28 and 10 to lead Utah, but it's Maxi who gets the spotlight, and he does it after being named to his first ever All-Star team. So good on him for stepping up when the Sixers really needed it because they had not been playing well. Well, and it's bittersweet because now it's been announced that Joel Embiid is going to be out for a little bit. Uh, something to do, I believe, with it, his meniscus. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great that Tyrese Maxey scored 51 points, but not sure if it's super sustainable for this Sixers team to continue winning without Joel Embiid. At least, you know, not to the standards that I think they set for themselves. Because this is not a Sixers team that's, you know, just going for a good regular season. That's, you know, just saying, okay, let's win a lot of games. No, it's a team that has big um, aspirations that wants to be a contender in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure if they can without Joel Embiid uh, for a stretch of the regular season. So we'll see. Uh, again, a nice little performance by Tyrese Maxey. But in the long run, I don't think they're leaving You know, yesterday with a great feeling about the future. No, you're probably right about that. And now we're getting to the point where just forget about the Sixers for a second. If you're talking about the MVP race and Joel Embiid wanting to repeat as MVP, you have to play a certain number of games. What is it, 65? I forget the exact number where you have to play in the NBA to be eligible for that award. And Embiid has already missed so much time that now if he misses a few more games, he will be ineligible. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're in the MVP market. 
at the Garden last night. The Knicks edged the Pacers 109-105. The Knicks laying a point and a half. Knicks minus 120. Total set at 235 at BetMGM. Send me a robe. Jalen Brunson will be an all-star for the first time, just like Tyrese Maxey. And he scores 40 points, leading the Knicks crowd at Madison Square Garden to start chanting MVP. Dante DiVincenzo adds 20. And the Knickerbockers have now won nine straight and doing it without Julius Randle, who was a part of that early streak. But the Knicks routine, if you're looking for a long shot, a value play, for the NBA title, I believe you can get them at 35 to 1 right now. They're playing really, really well. And the trades they have made, the moves they have made in season are starting to pay off. Right. Even though it looks like the line in this one moved towards the Pacers. Because mm-hmm. I think when we did the show, the line was a little bit a lot longer in this one, closed at a point and a half. But from a betting standpoint, Since Julius Randle has been out, it has been the Jalen Brunson show. And I'm kicking myself for not playing his points prop against a team that we know gives up quite a few points and plays at a really high pace in Indiana. Uh, Because looking at Jalen Brunson over his last four games, 32, 32, 29, and 40 points. He has taken on the legwork and, you know, the attempts that have been left behind by Julius Randle. So we'll look at the schedule and see if there's any other good spots. Man, has his point prop been profitable? Woo, right about that. Pascal Siakam with 18 for the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton slowly increasing his minutes coming off of that hamstring injury. He scores 15 in 21 minutes of play. One upset from the college game we got to tell you about last night. Nebraska downing number six Wisconsin, 80-72 to in overtime. Game went off as a pick Nebraska minus 110 on the money line. Total set at 142 in the overhits. The Huskers down by 18 in the second half. They come all the way back. And remember, last year, in this very same spot, they trailed the Badgers by 17 points in the second half and came back to get the win. C.J. Wilcher comes off the bench to score 16 of his 22 points in the second half. Rank Mask goes for 20 points. And the Huskers at home have been an absolute wagon. They improved to 6-0 and in Lincoln during conference play and 14 and one overall, Chelsea. Man, this every single day we talk about a team that's the home team that upsets, you know, this big dog team. And it just makes me feel like home court advantage this year has been a real thing. It's made me really scared to go against it, especially in some of these big conferences. But when mm-hmm. we get to the tournament, I think you look at these teams who are notching their big wins at home. And you really look at a critical, uh, you look at them with a critical eye. Because remember, they're not going to be playing home games in March Madness. So maybe some of these wins are good, but you do need to remember that home court advantage, not a thing in March Madness. You are right. Arizona is the team that I always come back to when it comes to home versus away play because they've been very mediocre in the back 12 this season, even though they're obviously a great basketball team, they get on the road and they're just a different ball club. By the way, before we go to break, did you see this New Mexico state player, Robert Carpenter, who got ejected last night at home against Liberty because he was being boxed out going for a rebound and decided he would just turn and punch a guy in the face, got ejected immediately. And a suspension is coming. I don't know if you saw that, but that's about as dirty as it gets. I don't know what prompted this, but it was an immediate flagrant too, and he was gone. So I did see the headline, have not seen the video. So I'll have to look that up. But Draymond Green, 
You're setting a bad example for the rest oh of the college <laughs> basketball landscape. They see you do it in the NBA, they're going to do it on the college level. I agree. When it's out, just blame Draymond. You know, if I'm having a bad morning, I'm like, Ugh, Draymond Green, whatever it is. Coming up next year on the show, everyone seems to be on the Chiefs, but the line is moving towards the 49ers. Yep, we're going to talk Super Bowl and a new headman in D.C. for the Commanders. That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Thanks for waking up with us on a Friday. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Hmm. Welcome back! Oh, it's a Friday! Thank God, we made it. The Daily Tip from Bet QL, presented by our good friends of Bet MGM. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Coming up over the next week, take a drink every time you hear this. I just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes getting points. Which I've said that myself, but you're going to hear that a billion times. I'm looking at Chelsea. Chelsea, are you dying? Do I need to call 911? Are you okay? I'm a little concerned right now. I can't believe you're – you should be in bed rubbing – Vicks VapoRub on your chest. You should have some Theraflu at your side. I don't know. If things get bad, we'll call in some sort of traveling doctor to come in. And hopefully he has a good bedside manner. Are you all right? I'm a little worried about you. Uh, I'm okay. It's just one of those things where you start coughing and then you can't stop. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming in that stage right now. So Oh, man. That's all right. You got this. You got this. I'm proud of you. You got this. You're going to power through. We're going to talk about Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Before we get to that, the Washington Commanders finally have a new head coach. It's not Ben Johnson. That's their original choice, which, by the way, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Lions, turned down the Commanders while they were in the air to go visit him. Not a good look. Instead, Washington goes with Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as head coach has done a fantastic job coordinating that defense in Dallas, one of the best defenses in the NFL over the past few seasons. Previously, head coach for the Falcons, went 43-42 and when he was in Atlanta and was also a part of that Super Bowl team that had the 28-3 halftime lead, lost to the Patriots. But ultimately, this is who the commanders have decided is their man. Chelsea, do you like this hire for Washington? I do find it a little amusing that they went to their arch rivals in the Cowboys to flex their defensive coordinator. Well, the last time they hired somebody that I thought was a good hire, that was a defensive guy, um, it didn't end up very well with Ron Rivera. So I'm going to have to hand it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, hand it back to me for a second. And I think that that's part of it when you look at this, when you look at this hire, because – the commanders looked like they were going after an offensive mind, right? Because Ben Johnson has done a fantastic job coordinating that offense in Detroit. And so when you flip and you go to Dan Quinn, you say, and this was sort of the, I think the thought amongst a lot of commanders fans yesterday when this 
when this hire was announced was, oh, we're going back to another defensive guy. Another, this is just a Ron Rivera retread. Bill, I'll bring in you for a second. I, I also think at the same time that just because you had a defensive-minded head coach doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I got I to gotta go to the offensive side. Now, now we have to get an offensive coordinator. I think more than anything, number one is just because you didn't necessarily have a great stint the first time as a head coach, you can be better the second time around. We see that. It takes time. It takes experience. And then secondly, how he builds out his staff is also going to be critical here. It's not just it's not just one guy and no one else. He's not being hired in a vacuum. Yeah, the thing, Jinx, that that was amazing, and and, and you know this from being in this city for so long, is the mm-hmm. underwhelming reaction <laughs> yes. that they got for this hire. And, and you look at it and you go, okay, the last time they hired a coordinator from the Cowboys, that didn't go well either when they brought in Norv Turner. So I think right. there's a lot of PTSD in this city of what are we doing? We just hired a coordinator from our rival. <laughs> Remember what happened the last time we did this? So I think there's a lot right. of that going on. But, you know, I, I think it's on the surface, if you just looked at it, you go, the hire is fine. It's just the people here in D.C., they wanted that offensive genius. Mm-hmm. They wanted that guy that's going to be able to, you know, hey, maybe – guide a new quarterback we don't know what they're going to do at number two yet if they're going to stick with Sam Howell or you know or take somebody else in the draft that to help the offense so I think there's a lot of unknowns I think that's what got has people here in DC a little off kilter right now I, I think so as well and don't you think just knowing DC fans and this is not this is not a criticism I I get it but having been through this process so much so many times again and again it's almost almost impossible to to nail this hire without there being some sort of blowback because i feel like the expectations are always like we're gonna get hurt here it's not gonna be good yeah uh that's what we were saying before there's just so much ptsd in this city over everything when it comes to the football team over the last you know 30 years so i i think i think he'll be fine as long as they get somebody that can run the offensive side of the ball for him. I mean, again, yeah. he, he's, you, you see the, uh, you see the quotes from Logan Paulson, who of course is a tight end here yep. in DC. And then also down in Atlanta and Paulson had said that Dan Quinn is the only coach that he's ever had that after he got fired, called him up and said, what could I have done to be a better coach that this mm-hmm. guy is always trying to learn, always trying to get better so that's an encouraging thing if you're a Commanders fan that you look at and go, okay, well, at least the guy can set aside his ego when things do go wrong and don't just sit there and go, well, it's my way or the highway, kind of like Dan Campbell did in Detroit yeah. when he kept going for fourth downs in the NFC title game because that's what we do. And sometimes you have to do things differently depending on the circumstance. No, I think that's a great point. And I work with Logan a little bit out of Commanders. And if you know Logan, I'm sure you do. Like, he's about as nice a guy as it gets. He's a really good dude. And and that was the point he made across the board, which was if you want a player's coach, if you want someone who is going to set a vision and then make sure that vision happens and communicate it every step of the way, this is your guy. And honestly – for a franchise that has struggled with communication from the top down, that has been dysfunctional for so long, I feel like that will be one of the more underrated aspects of this hire. Okay, Chelsea, you went down, you got a cough drop, you're back. The throat is 
soothed yesterday or now i should say you've been struggling with it all week how are you feeling now you okay you back uh, it doesn't feel great so it's just i'm gonna need you to be on like red alert because the red problem alert. is we talk for like these little monologues for like 30 seconds to like a minute so mm -hmm. it's just like my voice decides you know 45 seconds in or whenever it's like well that's enough so just be on red alert uh i hear you guys talking about the hire so i'm just tapping in so okay. overall jenks what would be the letter grade on it if you were grading the paper would mm -hmm. you give it a b plus would yes. it, you give it an a minus or is it like a c i would say it's I would say right now it is a solid B plus. And I think when you're trying to hire a head coach in the NFL, that's a great grade. But this grade can be altered based on who else he brings in. And we were just making mm -hmm. this point, which is it's, yes, the head coach is the most important job. No question about it. But who's going to be his OC? Will it be Eric Bieniemy? Will he bring in someone else? What about his defensive corner? Obviously, Dan Quinn will handle the defense because he's so good at that. That's his specialty. But how will he round out his staff? Will it have the sort of balance and experience that makes for a great coaching staff and ultimately a great football team? And, and these are huge hires. We know that. Look at the Eagles are a perfect example right there in the NFC East, right? Where they lose their OC, they lose their DC, and then down the stretch, they sort of lost their identity. So I think this is a very good hire. I think it's perfect for the culture of the commanders, which has been an issue for a really long time. And also when we're talking about Logan, Micah Parsons is another guy, arguably the best defender in the league or certainly one of them. And he was going on and on yesterday about how much he loves Dan Quinn saying, this guy isn't just a father figure. He isn't just a coach. He's a friend. I love playing for this guy. And ultimately you can have a lot of success regardless of your acumen X's and O's wise, if your players love to play for you. Okay. So forgive me if you've already stated this or talked about it, mm -hmm. but isn't this what we heard about Ron Rivera? I think, yes, it is. But also I think the difference between the two is, and I could be wrong here. Ron Rivera is a guy who, I don't want to say the game passed him by. That's not really fair. But I do think that elements of what made him a good coach just weren't or just aren't a part of who he is anymore. We forget that Riverboat he used to be Ron. known as – That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, he used to be known as Riverboat Ron. I'm like, Riverboat Ron? I'm like, Tugboat Ron. There's no Riverboat Ron. I haven't seen that guy in a long time. And so his defenses haven't really adjusted with the game with how the game has evolved, particularly with the NFL being a passing league. And also, he's not that gambler who's hyper-aggressive. So the Ron Rivera we see now isn't the Ron Rivera that made a name for himself in Carolina. Whereas with Dan Quinn, I think it's different because he still has a higher ceiling and clearly, based on what we saw in Dallas, is a guy who is right in line with what you need defensively to be successful. Okay, so it sounds like you like the hire, but I think I two things can also be true. Did you feel let down by this hire at all? Because the commanders did so much. They did. Uh, they hired the guy from the Warriors to like help headline their search. And it did feel like they were one of the last teams mm -hmm. to get their head coach. And as we know, a lot of these hotshot OCs that were kind of in the mix re-signed with their teams. Do you feel a sense of letdown by going to Dan Quinn here?
I think there's a little bit of a letdown just because Ben Johnson would have been, I think, more of an inspired hire. And again, mm-hmm. when you've watched these defenses, the thing with the commanders is over the past few seasons, their defense was supposed to be the strength of this team, right? When they had Montez Sweat, John Allen, Shea and then they trade a couple of those guys away and the defense just never came together. So the thought was, all right, that didn't happen for us. Let's bring in an offensive guru, and the Lions are exciting to watch on offense, and this isn't a a retread or a name we've heard before. He's kind of an up-and-comer. So I think there's a bit of a letdown because fans, and, and it was rewarded. It looked like this was going to be the hire. That ben Johnson was going to come to D.C., so I think there's a bit of a letdown in that you go from, oh, this is an inspired choice to a guy who's always sort of in the mix Whenever there's a head coaching opening in the NFL, you always hear the name Dan Quinn. So it feels like, ah, we're going through an NFL retread. But I I think that's an unfair way to describe Dan Quinn. I understand the letdown and the disappointment, but ultimately, if you dig a little bit deeper, I do think this is a very solid hire. Has the NFL retread situation ever worked out, like, uh, to the extreme? I'm trying to think. Like, this is me just thinking aloud of think of the hires that I feel like Eric Mangini used to be one of them where you're like, oh, he's coaching again. Great, grand, wonderful. Or Rex Mm -hmm. Ryan. Yeah. Can you think of any of these situations where it was an absolute retread and it ended up working out pretty well? Because, you know, I know there's coaches that have gone to different teams and have been really successful. Look at Andy Reid now sitting in Kansas City after being booted out of Philadelphia. But mm-hmm. what are some of the best retread coaching jobs that you can think of? And I think it's kind of tough. I can't even think of that many. It is it is tough. I, I want to give full credit to Dan Helley here. You see him all the time. NFL Network does a lot of UFC stuff now. Fantastic guy. And he tweeted this out yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, it, it's difficult when – you hire someone like a Dan Quinn and it seems like, oh, here we go again. This is just sort of the NFL wash cycle, if you will. Mm-hmm. But Bill Belichick was with the Browns before he went to the Patriots. Mike Shanahan was with the Raiders before he went to the Broncos. Pete Carroll went to the Jets, the Bats, and then the Seahawks. Andy Reid had a ton of success with the Eagles, but didn't break through until he was with the Chiefs. Tom Coughlin was with the Jags, then went to the Giants. So ultimately, there is a list Now, it's not this super long list, but there is a significant list of very successful NFL head coaches who the first time around didn't quite get it right, but learned from that experience and went on to have a ton of success. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say, okay, yes, I I, I understand the disappointment, but the idea that, oh, it didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to the first time doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to work out the second time. And also Dan Quinn, to his credit, did have a lot of success. He did go to a Super Bowl. Now, I know he got fired in the end after a bad start, but he had a nice run with the Falcons. So I maybe it was disappointing, but ultimately, again, it'll come back to who he hires. And I think some of this has to do with Washington fans just being disappointed again and again and again. We like to lean into that because that's what we've known for 20 years. Yeah, and it's also just a tough division to play in. Uh, Looking at the Cowboys and the Eagles, but speaking of the Eagles, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a great example of how important coordinators are. Like you touched on this point saying, uh, you know, the coaching, the head coaching hire is great, but who he hires around him is just as important. 
Look at yeah. the Eagles this year. After they lost both of their coordinators, you know where they are? Sitting at home during the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. We'll see. I'm excited, though. Nice to have a fresh start here in D.C. Coming up next year on the show. Oh, hell yes. I cannot wait for the Pro Bowl skills competition. The gridiron gauntlet. Are you kidding me? It's going to be hell Hell yes, it's coming up next. Promo Skills Competition. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by Benji. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. Don't miss You Better You Bet and BetMGM Tonight, broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay in Sin City, leading up to the big game starting February 5th. The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. And welcome back. Great to have you with us on a Friday. The Daily Tip with BetQL, presented by Bet MGM. Jinx, she's Chelsea. Coming up, the Provo Skills Competition is this weekend. But will you watch? Hmm. You know what this reminds me of when I think about a skills competition? And Chelsea, this is definitely before your time, so I probably shouldn't even bring it up. Bill, if you want to chime in for a second. They used to have this program. This program. (laughs) That's how you know I'm old. Chelsea, there used to be this program on the television. And it was called Superstars. And Superstars was in the late 70s, early 80s. And it was basically some of the best athletes in the world. It could be track and field, could be boxing, could be football. And they would all compete in a skills competition in prime time. And then they started adding celebrities to the mix. So you'd have like, I don't know. Yes, Double Z saying it was amazing. It was amazing. You'd have like OJ Simpson and Herschel Walker. And then John Ritter or, I don't know, someone from Dallas. I mean, it was, it was wild. And I was reading about it earlier today. And on the very first episode, and Chelsea, you'll appreciate this as a swimmer. On the very first episode, which was in 1973, that was the year I was born, Joe Frazier, heavyweight boxing champion, was on the show. And he was competing in a... 50 meter freestyle event and he jumps in the pool and he almost drowns and they had to retrieve him from the pool he was drowning and so they pulled him out of the pool and he admitted that he didn't know how to swim and so this is a direct quote a reporter goes so why did you jump in the pool if you didn't know how to swim and his direct quote is how was i to know i couldn't do it unless i tried it like, if, if you didn't know how to swim, why in the world would you just jump in the water and be like, eh, I'll give it a shot, see what happens here. But Superstars was awesome, and then it became sort of out of vogue. But that's what I think of what I think of a skills competition. That was the original skills competition with athletes. Also, PSA, don't jump in the ocean and or a pool if you can't swim. This is like going to a NASCAR event and be like, yeah, I'll drive like the first, you know, lap. I don't know if they do that as like a ceremonious thing, but yeah, I'll Mm -hmm. drive the first lap. 
have you ever driven a car and you're just sitting there in the you know seat of the car and it's not mm-hmm. moving you're like so how do i do this you mean you've never driven a car why would you do this right on live national television but it just kind of goes to show his fearlessness you know right somebody who is yeah. a boxer who's not afraid to go in the ring and you know uh take down whoever or you know get taken down i guess is the better way to phrase that but yeah i mean i feel like it would be fun to watch would this be almost the equivalent of like if they had celebrity wipeout oh okay that's interesting yeah, I think or American of. Ninja Warrior. That's probably the better. Ah, comparison. there you go. Yeah, American Ninja Warrior. That would be a good one. But now I don't think anyone would ever try it because they'd be afraid of getting embarrassed or getting hurt, or it wouldn't be good for their brand. Maybe I'm just being too cynical, but I feel like that. And they've tried to revive it a couple of times, like over the years, and it's never really lasted. And the reason why is is because they can never get like a-list celebs to really do it or a-list athletes to do it because back in the day they had mega athletes or very popular hollywood stars do it so it was sort of must watch tv whereas now Mm -hmm. it's okay well there's a b-lister or c-lister and like dan cortez was in the last one another thing against dan cortez but it's it's just not the same do you know what i mean who's dan cortez is that somebody i should know no, it's well, no, it's not. He used to be like Dan an MTV. Cortez. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Used to be an MTV personality. So oh. I'm like, th- these are the guys that you're going with as part of this revival, which was in what 2009, I think. Jennifer Capriati, Bodie Miller, Lisa Leslie. Ah, T.O. That's a good one. It. Yeah, it's pretty good, but you got to really search for it. So that's why it's not ever going to come back. Nobody's going to do it anymore. Yeah, but if we're talking about, you know, the skills competition instead of the Pro Bowl, I do think it's a good idea. Like, do you think that this is better than the actual Pro Bowl? Because nobody wanted to play in the Pro Bowl and certainly nobody wanted to play defense. So you have to do something. Like, I don't think they were just going to go cold turkey from the Pro Bowl to nothing. Mm -hmm. So I think this is actually a good and wise decision okay well let me throw out what they're going to do at this skills competition and you tell me what event you're looking forward to the most they're going to have a madden head-to-head so a couple guys will play madden against each other one representing the afc one representing the nfc and the winner of each competition gets three points for their respective conference then you have the gridiron gauntlet a relay race between six players from each conference through an obstacle course you have a tug of war. That's a five on five tug of war in a foam pit. Move the chains might be interesting. You have linemen on both sides of the football, offensive linemen and defensive linemen working together. I want to make sure I understand this to move 3,000 pounds of weights off of a huge wall and then pull the 2,000 pound wall across a finish line. Okay, and then kick-tack-toe, a kicker from each squad will try to compete or complete, I should say, three squares in a line like tic-tac-toe or just hit five squares. Which of these incredible, unbelievable, enthralling, exciting, spectacular Pro Bowl skills competitions are you most looking forward to seeing, if any? 
Well, can you imagine being a lineman and watching all the skills position players mm-hmm. like play Madden and you're like, so I have to pull 3,000 pounds of weight no as way. my reward for being a pro bowler. Hmm. Doesn't feel like it's adding up to me. So shout out to the lineman. That does not feel fair. I don't think I even want to watch that either. Like that's the equivalent of watching somebody at the gym, I would say, yeah. or somebody doing one of those CrossFit competitions. I'm more interested to see, um, do they have anything for quarterbacks? Because I do like watching the quarterbacks just like yeah. pick off like the targets because yeah. you do see just how talented and how precise some of these quarterbacks are. Like, did you see the video floating around of Tom Brady completing a pass to somebody in the audience at like a corporate meeting or like a corporate like seminar you're like wow that's a really great pass and i shouldn't be shocked he's the greatest of all time but it's still fun to see yeah i just i'm trying i can't get excited about this i'm not gonna watch this tic-tac-toe might be interesting watching kickers try and nail a spot on a huge tic-tac-toe board or i'm sorry tic-tac-toe board i don't know move the chains the whole moving a wall that reminds me of what the world's strongest man competition they used to have on ESPN. Remember this? Here is Magnus Vermagnuson. And all of a sudden he's trying to pull an 18 wheeler or lift a boulder over a wall or something ridiculous. These huge Swedes, just monstrous people. I, I don't know. What, do I want to watch two guys play video games? Madden head to head. No. Okay. So let me interject there because I would say the same thing. But uh-huh. do you know how many people watch people play video games uh, on you're Twitch? Right. Good God. Like, this my time... husband loves doing this. He watches Nick Merckx. Who is it? God, what's his name? There's like a Dr. Disrespect, maybe? And these okay. people are insanely popular. And I'm like, why would you want to watch somebody play video games if you can play video games yourself? Yeah. Still haven't gotten a good answer. But this is the thing. So I feel like it's oh. going to be really popular. I think you're probably right. I think this is where I'm in the wrong. I mean, e-gaming is absolutely massive. They fill arenas to watch people do this. So I am definitely in the minority here where when you have people who are exceptional at gaming and then you have these competitions, I mean, ultimately, you're watching the best of the best. So it's not my thing, but I understand why people be attracted to it. I think when it comes to this competition, you're not watching the best of the best. You're just watching two dudes. I mean, maybe you're watching the best NFL player who's good at Madden. You're not watching the best in the world, and maybe that's enough. Yeah, where's Kyler Murray? I think he's really good, right? Did he he? make the Pro Bowl? Probably not. I mean, I would imagine so many people passed on the Pro Bowl. Do we even know who's in the Pro Bowl? God, I like it has become such an afterthought that it's Tyler not Huntley. even something where you're like, right. It's not even something I where know. you're like, oh, I can't wait to see who's playing in the Pro Bowl because number one, there's not a game. Number two, it just doesn't have the same status as it used to. Although I imagine in like contract negotiations, like it's still a big deal. Yeah. But like how many quarterbacks have passed on the Pro Bowl this year? I would like to see that number. I feel yeah. like it's still probably a lot. Whenever, I, I'll tell you one thing. I I have covered gaming before. And I think I told you this. When it was Rocket League is what it was. And NBC asked me to cover Rocket League, to be the sideline reporter for Rocket League. And I knew nothing about this game. 
I started with a Google search and then I was covering regional competitions and interviewing kids. And I mean, kids like 16, 17 years old. <laughs> I remember, and we had it on Twitch and I, I got, I got the, the comment a few times, which was, Hey, I like this guy, but also he could be my dad. And I thought, okay, well, this is, I need to go elsewhere. <laughs> this is, this is not, this is not the place for me. I'm, I'm, I'm way too old for this. So I understand that this is out of, it's out of my experience. So I can understand talking about it, why it might, and it not might, it does have mass appeal. Right. I'm trying to look at the roster right now. It looks like the quarterbacks are Tua, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, obviously not playing, CJ mm -hmm. Stroud, and Gardner Minshew. What? What? Who did Gardner he replace? Minshew made the Pro Bowl? Wow. That's what it says. Uh, okay. Well. Oh. Uh, Chelsea, please don't text me this weekend because I've got to watch Kick Tac Toe. Coming up next here on the show, a absolute monster weekend in college basketball for the first time ever. Four top 10 matchups in one weekend. That is next. Hour two of the Daily Tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. Come on back. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.